mornings. I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a crash course on Valentine's Day etiquette. The perfect way to handle any awkward situation on that big date with someone you really want to impress. Also this morning, Americans are taking advantage of credit card rewards programs more than ever before, but card issuers say those perks could disappear if some lawmakers have their way. And happening around town, Java, Joe, Morning Motivation, Jitter Juice, whatever you call it, anyone who can't live without it will want to take a trip down the Mission Possible Coffee Trail. It'll warm you up in more ways than one. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. If the numbers are to be believed, apparently we are in the mood for love. And we are in the mood to spend this Valentine's Day. The National Retail Federation and Prosper Insights and Analytics says consumers will spend $25.9 million for uh, Valentine's Day this year. And this is after, I mean, this is just days after we spent, what was it, almost $17 billion on the Super Bowl. I mean, what a one-two punch. More than half of the more than 7,600 consumers surveyed by the NRF and Prosper Insights and, and uh, Analytics, uh, more than 7,600 consumers Surveyed and more than half say they plan to celebrate this year will spend an average of $192.80. Last year's average was a little over $175, so it's a pretty good bump this year. The second highest figure for Valentine's Day ever tracked by the NRF uh, since they began keeping tabs in 2004, which seems odd. I mean, Valentine's Day certainly predates 2004 why nobody thought to track valentine's day spending (laughs) before then i'm not sure um incidentally the survey also showed that those between the ages of 35 to 44 plan to spend the most as much as 335 dollars and 71 cents on average on gifts and other valentine's day items that is more than double, or almost double, not more than, but almost double the average consumer. Uh, Even those consumers who aren't coupled up are still spending. Some of that increased spending from last year is being channeled into gifts for friends, co-workers, classmates, um, teachers, and, yes, even pets. 57% say they're shopping for candy. 40% are buying cards, 37% flowers, 32% say they are taking their date out for a meal. Uh, The same percentage of people are opting for an experience gift, which is up dramatically from the 26% who said so last year. And of those who are not celebrating Valentine's this year, 28% say they will be treating themselves to something nice or an evening out with friends or family. So it seems like we're just about all doing something, whether it's with a sweetheart or otherwise. Um, more data here on uh, Valentine's Day, which is kind of interesting. In a survey of 1,000 adults between the ages of 18 to 44, they asked how often dating couples keep in touch. And this is very important if you are uh, going out on a first date with someone new. Although, it strikes me that Valentine's Day is not the best time to go out on a date with something new. I mean, you talk about setting the bar high and setting setting yourself up for some unrealistic expectations, right? Going out on a first date for Valentine's Day. But if that's what you're doing, uh, or you're in a relatively new relationship, this may be of interest to you. During the honeymoon period you know that uh that initial time when you first start dating lovebirds spend 41 minutes on the phone per day 41 minutes per day that is the benchmark i guess that decreases within the first two years we go from 41 minutes to 19 minutes (laughs) 
<laughs> per day. <laughs> so within two years, we go from 41 to 19 minutes uh, communicating uh, each day. Daters who are into one another will reply to a text message in just under 17 minutes. So when your phone alert goes off, when you get that little bleep, that your special someone has sent you a text. The clock is ticking. You have just under 17 minutes to reply uh, if you want to give the the right message, you know, that unwritten message. Uh, over time, the wait, again, within the first couple of years, we go from 17 minutes to 24 minutes. <laughs> um, and you got to pay attention to this because 25% of respondents, one in four, said they would never consider a second date if they did not receive a reply to their message within two days of the first date. So, you know, you got to be on top of these things. Don't, uh, don't dismiss the alert and then forget about it because uh, they could forget about you. You don't want that. Or maybe you do want that. <laughs> If, on the other hand, you want them to go away, you know, you just have to ignore their message for two days, and then that should pretty much take care of it. So, there you go. Uh, what is one of the most romantic things that you can do? I mean, if you have the day off today, and a lot of people are working today on uh, Valentine's Day, so maybe this doesn't apply to you, but breakfast in bed, isn't that one of the uh, quintessential uh, things that you can do for that special someone. You bring them breakfast in bed. Two-thirds of adults allow food to be eaten in bed. Um, in a study of 2,000 Americans, 47% have eaten snacks or meals in their own bed. Uh, 85% are either planning or hoping for breakfast in bed for Valentine's Day. And again, it's Tuesday, so I don't know if that'll work out very well, but... 34% simply do not allow food to be consumed under the covers under any circumstances. Um, especially potentially messier foods. Um, tacos. <laughs> uh, ramen, soup, pasta, and stir-fry are most often off-limits. Um, although opinions vary. Uh, generally speaking, fruit, chocolate, and ice cream are acceptable to eat in bed. And if any meal should be eaten in bed, it is breakfast, 52%. Um, with uh, yogurt, toast, and croissants, uh, generally among the allowed list of foods. So, there you go. Um, let's see, a couple of other uh, interesting items. Here among the first things you need to know this morning. Since we're on this uh, love topic here, if you are thinking of, and this could apply for Valentine's Day, birthdays, anniversaries, retirements, you know, really any celebration where you buy balloons. And of course, the Mylar balloons are very popular uh, for uh, celebrations and so on. Uh, be careful, though. Because it could cause some serious problems. Power companies say those shiny metallic balloons also bring about Valentine's Day power outages. And it's more common than you might think. Um, power companies say not only could this cause power outages, but also property damage, even injury. If you accidentally or even purposely set a balloon free, they can hit power lines and cause widespread outages. Last year, drifting metallic balloons caused more than 400 outages in the state of California alone. They cite that data. So there's something to keep in mind if you're getting balloons for someone. Don't let those go. Never really thought about that, but I guess it makes sense. So you got to be careful. Got to be careful. Don't want <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Let's throw the entire neighborhood into the dark. That's not what you want to do. And uh, by the way, speaking of uh, lighting up the sky in one way or another, did you uh, catch over the weekend those lights in the sky 
uh, over Finley and, and many parts of northwest Ohio. They reported seeing a string of lights in the sky. Turned out it was the SpaceX Starlink satellites that uh, are low-Earth orbit satellites uh, aimed at delivering Internet services uh, globally. Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX uh, company working on this uh, project, and they've launched, um, I guess, hundreds of satellites. And you could see one uh, a couple of days ago. Um, This was kind of interesting, and especially in the wake of all of the stories of unidentified aerial phenomena that they're shooting out of the sky, that Chinese spy balloon, and then some other unidentified objects that have been shot out of the sky since. In the early hours of Monday morning, an asteroid, SAR-2667, collided with Earth's atmosphere, producing a bright flash of light that could be seen throughout Western Europe. According to Yahoo News, an astronomer in Hungary first spotted the asteroid on February 12th during a regular search for near-Earth objects using a two-foot telescope. Uh, And this asteroid collided with the atmosphere of the Earth. Uh, I guess nobody was uh, in danger from this, but... um, this is what it says here. The This asteroid impact incident was only the seventh instance of an asteroid being detected before colliding with Earth. So this astronomer could see it coming. Um, the, the last time an event like this occurred uh, was a decade ago. A meteor caused an explosion over Russia. In uh, February of 2013, so nearly exactly 10 years ago, the shockwave from that explosion caused injuries to nearly 1,200 people and damaged windows in approximately 3,600 apartment buildings uh, in Russia. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So uh, thank goodness it was over in, in Europe and not here, but that is, uh, that is wild. And all kinds of crazy things happening in the sky. There you go. Uh, Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather. Clouds will be on the increase today with a high of 55. Some showers move in tonight, a low of 50. The Cary Police Department has released the names of the suspect and victim from a fatal shooting over the weekend. After receiving a call about the shooting on Saturday night, an officer discovered a man's body in the street at the intersection of Lindenwood Place and Pine Tree Drive. Police say the deceased, 42-year-old Nathan A. Straub of Cary, suffered multiple gunshot wounds. A few minutes later, police say a suspect in the shooting, 43-year-old Samuel W. Siebert, arrived at the police department and was detained. The case is being investigated by the Wyandotte County Major Crimes Unit and the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation. Long before the recent train derailment in eastern Ohio, the University of Finley's All-Hazards Training Center has been helping prepare people for train derailments and other emergencies. At the All-Hazards Training Center, they actually have a train derailment set up. So they will actually simulate what happened. What does it look like? They will simulate. They'll put placards up to say, hey, this is vinyl chloride. How would you handle this situation? That's Dr. Kim Litchfeld with the University of Finley. Get more of our conversation with her and learn more about the All-Hazards Training Center on our website. Some Ohio lawmakers want to get a measure on the fall ballot that would make it harder for citizens to amend the state constitution. The resolution would make it so any constitutional amendments would require approval by 60% of voters. Right now, amendments only require a majority of voters' approval. Supporters of the measure say it would foster consensus and help block special interests. Opponents call it anti-democratic. The deadline to get the measure on this November ballot is in early August. WTOL 11's Amanda Fay reporting. Tickets to Ohio State football's spring game are on sale. The spring game will be the first chance for the Buckeye fans to see the quarterback competition play out between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. The two are front runners to replace two-time Heisman Trophy finals C.J. Stroud. The spring game will be played on April 15th at Ohio Stadium, and then the Buckeyes will kick off the upcoming season on the road at Indiana on Saturday, September 2nd. Remember, you can get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. 
You know, anytime you go out on a date, it can be a bit of a gamble. But if there is one day that you want to get it right, it is Valentine's Day. But what happens when things don't exactly go according to plan and you find yourself in something of an embarrassing or an awkward spot? It's happened to everyone at one point or another. Sharon Schweitzer is an international etiquette expert and modern manners expert. And we recently spoke to her to get some helpful tips on how to handle some of those potentially uncomfortable dating situations. Sharon, let's start with something that is actually very timely. These days, it would not at all be uncommon for an empowered woman to ask a guy out for Valentine's Day, and that guy might be a little uncomfortable with that. Yes, and in fact, it it can be fairly common. The woman may ask the man out first, even if it's just for coffee or for lunch. Now, does that mean that if the woman asks the man out that she is expected to pick up the tab for the date? Yes. If you, anytime you are invited to go to a lunch or a dinner or to a meal, the person who does the inviting is the host. And so if that happens to be the woman, then yes, she's responsible for the bill. Now, again, a generational thing, some men may say, oh, no, I insist, and they may offer and want to pay. And then the two of them can work that out. But something women should be paying the bill something to keep in mind uh could that be construed as an insult to that if the man tries to step up and and pay for the the date if it's the woman who has asked him out could that be construed as an insult well i would tell you um as a lady i would not insult me i would be delighted And so I think it's going to depend on the person. Mm -hmm. Some women may feel extremely strongly about that, and others may feel, oh, how lovely. Thank you so much. What what you don't want to do is get into a back and forth and say, oh, no, I've got it. No, I've got it. (laughs) If they offer, let them pay. So something you might want to flesh out uh, during the course of the date, something to keep in the back of your mind. This is something that is always a possibility, especially on Valentine's Day, because everybody's going to be out. What happens? if you run into an ex? The best thing you can do when you're out on any date, but especially on Valentine's, if you run into an ex, is to be gracious. Greet them, say hello, tell them you hope they've been doing well, and then have a way to extricate yourself. You can either decide whether you do or do not want to introduce the date you're with, Mm -hmm. but what you do want to do is extricate yourself graciously and say, we've really got to be running now, we have a show, or we need to get on the road, we have a reservation, we don't want to be late, it was good to see you, and then break with the conversation and move on. Just as simple as that, how often have we kind of stood there awkwardly looking for those right words, and in all honesty, they're pretty simple. It's just a matter of being prepared, it can really catch you off guard, but if you tell yourself, okay, for an end of the X, these are two things I can say. It helps you and your date feel so much more comfortable. By the way, another one of those uncomfortable types of situations is something that can happen to the best of us when uh, suddenly you have a lapse in, in judgment or something happens where you forget your manners or something embarrassing happens that you can't control like a, like a belch or something like that. Uh, You say that's not really as big a deal as maybe what you think it is. That's right, because we're all human and we're imperfect. So if something like that happens where maybe you drop a piece of food uh, on the floor Mm -hmm. or you may belch or something like that, what you want to do is say, oh, excuse me, pardon me. And the other person should be just as gracious and either pretend like they didn't even notice it or say no problem, and then move on with the conversation. You don't want people to feel uncomfortable, and etiquette and manners are about kindness to other people. So we can't expect each other to be perfect. Yeah, and along those same lines, laughing at those things that you can't control. That's right. We need to have a sense of humor. You don't want to laugh at your date, but you can laugh at yourself for doing something silly, and your date will appreciate it if you acknowledge that you've made a mistake, and you do know your manners by saying, excuse me. If you just ignore it and go on like, oh, this is just normal, I normally drop food out of my mouth or belch three (laughs) times at dinner, then that might be a problem. That's a problem, yeah. 
Um, but you, you spill a little soup on your shirt, not the end of the world, uh, as far as that goes, if you're able to, to laugh it off. Now, what happens if we find ourselves Valentine's Day also, and, and maybe this isn't a real smart thing to uh, be the day where we go out on a first date with someone because of the heightened uh, expectations and so on, but I know a lot of folks will do that anyway. What happens if the date just in general does not go as planned? You don't have as much in common as maybe what you thought. Um, you know, you, it turns out it's it's awkward or even worse one or the other of you are downright miserable how do you uh, graciously bail out well there are a couple things that i would recommend number one for a first date i would recommend coffee or lunch as opposed to dinner because dinner can be several hours but a coffee or lunch are brief you can see if the chemistry is there if you like each other so if you're having coffee for 15 or 30 minutes you can say you know i really need to get back to the office or i need to get to my next appointment and cut the coffee short you can do the same thing with lunch now a lot of people will just get up go to the bathroom and bail but what you would like, what you really want to do, what's polite is to say, you know, thank you for lunch. I'm glad we had a chance to meet. I don't really think that there's a connection here. Either that or after you depart, send a text and let them know you don't think there's a connection. Mm. The bottom line, everything that we're talking about here is basically learning to handle these types of situations that are going to come up inevitably. Uh, some of these actually can come up in a situation where you're not just dating. Maybe you're out with a spouse or even a business associate or something like that. So a lot of these things will apply not just to dating, but uh, it just boils down to uh, handling them with grace. That's right. You can be at dinner with your spouse and with another couple and all of a sudden things aren't going well and you think, you know, I don't want to spend any more time in the presence of this other couple. And so you want to, what you want to do is, you know, maybe you decline dessert and coffee and you say you need to get back to the sitter or to the golden retriever before <laughs> it tears up your apartment. <laughs> so there are always ways to deal with situations that could potentially be uncomfortable that will make them a little less so. Again, uh, Sharon Schweitzer, international etiquette and modern manners expert. You have uh, a lot of great information and advice for all types of situations on your website, correct? Yes, I do. Uh, com. Or you can go to protocolww.com, and we have a blog up. You can also download a free uh, chapter on my book if you subscribe to our newsletter. Sharon, thanks very much for taking the time and helping us out this morning. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Happy Valentine's to you and to your family. Well, as we all know all too well, everyone, nearly everyone, is feeling the squeeze of economic uncertainty these days. And a new survey finds that consumers are increasingly turning to their credit cards, not just to bridge the gap when money runs tight, but also to take advantage of rewards programs to the extent that they can help reduce one's expenses. Clint Henderson is a rewards expert and managing editor at The Points Guy. And Clint, tell us about the this uh, kind of phenomenon that you're seeing about people leveraging rewards, treating them not just as rewards, as kind of a bonus, but increasingly relying on them to, you know, bridge the gap and make ends meet. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. During the pandemic, we saw a lot of card issuers uh, make new offers to consumers, which included things like uh, pay yourself back for charges on groceries and gas. And those benefits didn't go away after the pandemic uh, sort of faded a bit. Uh, in fact, uh, we found that consumers are using credit card rewards more and more for everyday items. And not only just which we cover at the Points Guy, uh, extravagant first-class trips around the world, but uh, new morning consult polling shows consumers, especially low-income shoppers, are using credit card rewards programs, including cash back cards to help in their battle against inflation, yeah. uh, 91, 91% of rewards cardholders say cashback rewards are valuable to them on an everyday basis. So 
very interesting data here on how consumers are using these really valuable rewards programs. Now, on the surface, that seems like a clever idea, using rewards programs to your advantage in that way, but it strikes me that there could also be a lot of landmines in that plan. Well, I mean, the biggest piece of advice I have for people is make sure you're paying off your credit card balances in full every month, because if you end up paying interest, then it sort of negates the uh, the whole purpose of, of rewards. So, right. because if you're, if you're paying a lot of interest, you don't, you don't want to do that. Uh, but if you keep on top of it, um, the sky's the limit when it comes to rewards cards, whether that's, you know, just getting cash back or whether that's saving up your points and miles for a trip uh, mm-hmm. in first class or even a trip home for Christmas. Yeah. So if I was looking to use these rewards to stretch my budget, again, knowing that there are some pitfalls going in, because I think that's important to understand and be you know eyes wide open, what other tips would you have for those who were looking to do that? So I would say if you're just looking to save a couple bucks, look into cash rewards where you get a straight rebate of 1% cash every month. But there's also cards that offer you uh, statement credits if you use the cards um, for gas or groceries or certain other categories. So there's a card out there for everyone. I always tell people too, you know, I personally have 27 credit cards and people are always a little bit horrified by that, but, <laughs> um, it doesn't hurt your credit to have multiple credit cards. So what I recommend to people is open a couple new credit cards every year, save those balances, get the sign up bonuses, and then, um, and then use those points and miles for that once a year trip that you do that vacation down to Florida. Uh, where cash prices are really high for airline tickets, and and just do some exploration. There are a ton of options out there for consumers. Um, there's just one storm cloud on the horizon uh, right now when it comes to this uh, pending le- legislation on right. Capitol Hill that's a little scary. Yeah, that was the other thing that I was uh, going to mention. The other uh, part of this that I think is significant, you point out that there is proposed legislation in Congress that could affect these types of credit card rewards programs. How so? So essentially, it would tell banks, um, it would limit the transaction fees that they can charge to retailers uh, to use credit cards. So the problem is those transaction fees pay for everything from fraud prevention to miles and points and all the rewards we get. So unfortunately, if this legislation passed, it would probably mean the end of sign-up bonuses. It would probably be the end of getting hotel or airline points for credit card purchases. I don't know if you remember back in 2010, but it used to be that you could get points and miles for using a debit card. Right. And similar legislation was passed back then, and almost overnight, all those rewards went away. So our big fear at the points guy is that this legislation, if it passes in its current form, uh, would mean the end of all rewards uh, points because it's not worth it to the banks anymore to pay rewards to consumers if their if their transaction fees are severely limited, which this bill would do, and we're, we're really worried about it. Now, I, I want to make sure that we clarify this because this is different than folks remember during the State of the Union speech, President Biden uh, referred to his plan to limit what he calls junk fees, which would in- include certain credit card fees, uh, along with other things that are charged by like resorts and, and things like that. This is different from that, right? Yes. So President Biden is targeting junk fees that are passed on to consumers. These fees are, are charged to retailers. So essentially, if you go to Walmart and use your credit card, uh, Walmart is paying a small transaction fee in order for you to use that credit card. Those rewards that you get for that swipe then go up to you. But if this legislation passed, that transaction fee would be uh, a benefit the bottom line of big box retailers like Walmart and Target. So this is a giveaway to big retailers and it's a takeaway for consumers. And that's why we're so strongly opposed to it. In fact, we have a whole website you can go to handsoffmyrewards.com to learn more and to tell Congress to uh, knock it off, as it were. And as you were mentioning, uh, people may remember, and I remember a debit card that I had years ago, which had a rewards program that went away because of uh, similar legislation. And the idea was that it was going to lower consumer prices, and that never really happened either. So, uh, again, these are uh, realities now that are, are out there. So, 
again, mention the website where folks can get more information on that. Yeah, it's handsoffmyrewards.com. And uh, you can also use the hashtag handsoffmyrewards on social media. Um, and we're urging people to, to contact their congresspeople uh, like you back in 2010 when, this, when the law for debit cards passed. I used to get United Miles every time I swiped my card, my debit card. Mm -hmm. And when those went away, I started looking into rewards credit cards because I missed those miles accruing every month. Uh, and so now I'm really worried that, you know, this is going to be the end of free travel for me if this law passes. So yeah. really, really worried about this. And like we, like we said, a lot of folks are, are making uh, use of uh, these rewards programs uh, to not only give themselves a little bonus, but uh, even in, you know, their everyday uh, budgeting these days. So uh, this is something that will potentially impact millions of consumers. Uh, Clint Henderson, again, a rewards expert, managing editor of The Points Guy with us this morning. Clint, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Here's a perfect story for Valentine's Day in Pennsylvania. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, has fined a candy factory after two workers fell into a vat of chocolate. <laughs> uh, two workers fell into the vat used to mix chocolates used in uh, Dove candy bars. The contractors were hired to clean the tanks and were allegedly not provided full safety training, hence the fine. They fell into a batching tank, which is used to mix the ingredients for the candy. Rescuers had to cut the tank from the bottom in order to get the workers out. The factory was fined more than $14,000. Uh, Mars Wrigley uh, factory produces uh, Dove, M&M's, Snickers, and Twix chocolates, among other things. The, uh, <laughs> the factory in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they, were, they were rescued by the Oompa Loompas. They, it's like something out of Willy Wonka following falling into the uh, vat of chocolate there. <clears throat> Valentine's Day would just never be the same for the... <laughs> I never see another chocolate bar again. It'll be too soon. Uh, let's see here. Our obligatory story out of uh, Florida in the broken news this morning. This is from... Oh, I had it here somewhere. Where was it... Uh... Uh, Leesburg, Florida, is the uh, dateline on this, where a man says he spotted a couple taking his tools out of his truck, loading them into their car. He confronted the couple and <laughs> thwarted the robbery, thwarted their getaway by taking their keys away. <laughs> Sometimes the simplest solution is the best. He uh, apparently confronted the couple and snatched the keys from their vehicle so they so they couldn't get away and then proceeded to call police when the cops arrived they found that not only did the couples uh, have the stolen tools in their car they also discovered some stereo equipment that didn't belong to them uh dale carpenter one of the suspects claims that he and his partner in crime uh actually believe that the items are being thrown away. Sure. That's why they were stored in this guy's truck. He's going to throw them away. Oh, they were just being thrown away. Uh, the homeowner handed over security footage and photos to police. The couple now in custody being charged with grand theft. <laughs> he just took their keys away. That's sometimes it doesn't take much. Uh, let's see. Um, you might have heard the uh, story about the owl that escaped from the Central Park Zoo uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Eurasian eagle owl named Flacco escaped its enclosure on February 2nd, and there was concern that the owl might not be able to survive in the wild. Well, apparently the concern was misplaced because the owl is now hunting and be becoming more comfortable in his uh, new habitat. The zoo says they will no longer attempt to recapture the owl 
Because the main concern, they say, has always been the well-being of the owl. Uh, They were worried that it might starve or something, but a statement from the zoo said, Our observations indicate that he seems to be very comfortable in the area of the park where he has been hunting. (laughs) The zoo will continue to monitor Flacco's behavior. So, they're just going to let him go. Um... (laughs) Imagine that, a wild animal be doing things that a wild animal does. Uh, speaking of animals, this is an interesting story. You know, in uh, Florida, they have a huge problem with Burmese pythons. They are an invasive species in Florida, but they have established themselves and they are reproducing, they're growing it's this huge problem. They're pushing out native species and uh, and so on. And they, for years, have been trying to get a handle on uh, the problem of eradicating these Burmese pythons. So um, they came up with a, some folks have come up with a creative, um, potentially groundbreaking, if not heartbreaking way to locate and remove those snakes especially the big ones. A team observing raccoon and possum behavior along urban and wilderness fringe of Crocodile National Wildlife Refuge fitted dozens of the mammals with GPS collars and tracked their locations for months. And you see where this this is going? About five months into the study, one of the possum collars sent out a mortality signal triggered by a lack of movement, indicating that the animal had uh, had died. Now, maybe it had been, been, been hit by a car, maybe a dog had killed it, something like that. But then a few hours later, the collar started moving again. The researchers had a hunch as to the fate of the possum, and... Uh, said Michael Cove, curator of mammals at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences, this is the signature signal that the animal got eaten by a snake. Um, Mr. Cove is one of the partners in the study. He and his research partners, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and Southern Illinois University, uh, suspected the snake sat around, digested the possum, and then started moving again. So, (laughs) by extension... They're going to outfit these these animals with collars. And when that happens, when they signal that they have stopped moving, they send out the mortality signal, and then the collar starts moving again, they, they figure they'll be able to track the snakes. Uh, I mean, it sounds really morbid, but effective, I'm sure. Because you know, snakes are going to do what snakes are going to do. It's one way of finding them, I guess. Uh, a couple of other items here in the uh, broken news. Uh, Emily and Kemper Simpich were rushing to the hospital last month because Emily was in labor. And uh, this was in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Rushing to the hospital when it became evident that uh, they weren't going to make it. So they pulled into the parking lot of a local barbecue joint when... Uh, the baby decided that he couldn't wait to be born. So they pulled into the parking lot, this uh, <laughs> this uh, barbecue restaurant, waited for paramedics to arrive, but the son, uh, the baby, arrived first. The, <laughs> the couple now say that they have a new nickname for their baby boy, Brisket. <laughs> well, they insist it's just a nickname. Uh, they say they plan to bring him to the restaurant uh, every year for his birthday. <laughs> They're calling him brisket. All right. And finally, the uh, broken news uh, this morning. A Just an amazing story about an unusual discovery made last week at Fenway Park in Boston. Home of the Red Sox, the Boston Globe reports a groundskeeper dug up a glass bottle estimated to be older than the ballpark itself. Spokesperson for the team 
said the type of bottle found was last manufactured in 1910, two years before Fenway Park opened. And they uh, dug it up, apparently from like the outfield. Uh, the field was being renovated when the bottle was found. So all of these years has been buried under the field right there at Fenway, and they just uh, found it. That's That's kind of crazy and pretty cool. There you go. Today's broken news report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the news. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You remember the old Billy Joel song, Honesty? Honesty is such a lonely word, but mostly what I need from you. Apparently, that rings very true. According to a new survey timed for Valentine's Day, honesty is the quality most people look for in a partner. More than 1,500 people were asked what they look for in that special someone, and a person who is honest was more important than looks, uh, the size of a partner's bank account, or any other qualities for that matter. According to the survey, 36.9% of those polled cited honesty as the most desired attribute. 17.5% say a sense of humor was a must-have for a special someone. 14.7% said it's important to to share similar interests. 10.5% say physical attraction. So way down there on that list. 8.4% said religious compatibility or religion was important. Or, I guess, theoretically lack thereof. Uh, 6.2% said confidence is sexy. 5.8% said financial security is critical. And as one might expect, men... Valued looks nearly three times more than women did, 15.6% compared to 5.9%. That said, women in the Northeast and men in the West and Southern regions were more into a potential partner's looks, physical appearance, according to the poll. So you break it down by region. Bear in mind, the poll was conducted by uh, Enholm Law, which is uh, divorce attorneys. (laughs) divorce attorney firm uh so i guess they would know what can happen if a partner is not honest right so whether you call it java or joe or your morning motivation or jitter juice whatever it is to you if you can't live without it you will want to take a trip down the mission possible coffee trail uh which is Actually, a fundraiser, kind of, uh, as we said earlier, will warm you up in more ways than one. Tracy Rath is with us from uh, Mission Possible. Tracy, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate sure, I'm it. glad I could be here. So, uh, the uh, coffee trail, explain what this is. Okay, so basically, you buy our trail card, mm-hmm. which is $20, and then that gives you the chance to stop into 19 coffee shops that are partnering with us. 19. Did you know there's that many coffee shops in the Finley area? (laughs) Um, 19 coffee shops. And then when you stop in, you receive some free coffee item. Most Mm -hmm. of them, it's a small coffee. Some have thrown in a cookie or a homemade pretzel in there. All right. And uh, it's an eight-week thing. So when people say 19... How long do I have to, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, now the some trail. People, some yeah. people can blow through well, that for in sure. like a week. <laughs> I could for sure accomplish that rather quickly. Um, so, the trail kicks off March 15th, and mm-hmm. then you have until May 10th to fill your card. Okay. The cool thing is that some of the coffee shops have thrown in some prizes. So, if you are a person that's motivated and gets to all 19 shops, <laughs> turns in your card to us, then you're eligible for. 
our grand prize draw- drawing. Aha. Uh-huh. So we will also have drawings throughout those eight weeks for anyone that's purchased a card, but okay. the grand prize, you have to the, actually make it to all 19. Okay, so all 19. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here's the thing. This is sort of a self-fulfilling thing because uh, the more coffee you have, the more motivation you will have. That's true. That's true. <laughs> to get to the other ones. So, um, and all of this is a fundraiser for Mission Possible. Correct. Yes. So talk a little bit about for those who are not familiar, and I know we've talked about Mission Possible in the past, uh, but for those who are not familiar, talk about what the mission of Mission Possible is. So Mission Possible is a nonprofit organization with schools and churches in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Um, our mission statement is to equip the next generation of Christ-centered leaders. So that's what we're about. We're about training, equipping Um, not necessarily handing things out, but giving you a hand up and letting you be the one that makes a change Mm -hmm. in your community in Haiti and the DR. So this fundraiser is specifically going to our schools. Uh, That is such a tough region of of the world. I mean, you talk about uh, abject poverty and you look that up in the dictionary and there it is, Haiti and the Dominican Republic. uh, Yes, Haiti is the poorest country in you know that area of the world Mm -hmm. and they've had a lot of unrest lately Um, school is functioning in operation our teachers are there they're working hard to provide education Um, but there's a risk every time they leave their house right now they don't know what that day is going to look like Mm -hmm. so i they are my inspiration because of their commitment to what we do yeah and in uh, that part of the world, even the least little thing can really disrupt uh, what we would think of as normal. I mean, we've talked, and again, in in the past, um, you know, major disasters in yes. Haiti, earthquakes, and I think mm-hmm. the Haitian earthquake is the last time uh, we uh, talked extensively uh, about your work there. But uh, even smaller everyday sort of crises can be are are amplified in a situation like that i mean for one thing there's only like three main roads in haiti just as an example Mm -hmm. so if um there's a protest or someone is blocking a road it could stop you from you know getting to town or you know you can't just take an easy other route yeah when you take another route you're talking dirt um, gravel roads and Mm -hmm. um probably several extra hours just to get where you're mm-hmm. going. And that is to say nothing of uh, the corruption and uh, uh, all of the um, external forces uh, that are working against you with respect to that. Yes, Geopolitical sure. uh, issues. So uh, you mentioned that what you do is not necessarily to go in and uh, solve all the problems, but give the individuals they are the resources to better themselves yes yeah that's a good way to describe it i mean we are that's why we're about training Mm -hmm. and providing leadership and equipping in my mind i look at the pictures of our students in our schools and um, they push me to be that support from this side because i know that education is the key to hope and the key to change and so those students, if I can help support them and provide that education, then I know they will be the change. We have examples over and over again in our organization of people who have come up through our schools that are now in leadership roles in their country and are making an impact. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those, those are the faces I look at because they are what's going to bring change. Yeah. So uh, Mission Possible, is this all done uh, right out of here uh, in Finley? I mean, how wide-ranging is the organization? So our, yeah, stateside office is here in Finley. We mm-hmm. do have an office up in Canada, so we're international. We And then we have leadership that runs each of the organizations in Haiti and then also the Dominican Republic. We have supporters from all over Canada and the United States, mm-hmm. but um, in regards to operations, the main operation is here in Finley. So, and... So this is actually a fairly small organization that we're talking about. The impact that you have is huge from a relatively small organization. Yeah, the state side, we are a relatively small organization. Most of our staff is in Haiti and the Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. you know. And so what we have a small office with a few staff here in Finley, 
And we are that link and support system, you know, not only financially, but also I take people to both countries to provide teacher training, um, any way that we can come alongside. I, I mean, they're my coworkers in both mm -hmm. AD and the DR. Right. And come alongside them and do what we can so that we all can have an impact. But we think of uh, big, huge multinational organizations with thousands of, uh, of employees and volunteers and, and so on. And you are relatively... We are relatively small, small compared to compared that. Compared yes. to some of uh, <laughs> the organizations that, that you might think of. How often... Uh, does that involve going to uh, Haiti and going into those environments? Because that uh, is not without risk itself. So prior to the unrest and COVID, we were traveling um, often, probably every other month. We're taking mm. people in for support. We have not traveled into Haiti since um, I was there in August of 2019. It's just not safe enough, It not only for... Americans that are going in, but it puts a risk on our staff that has to pick us up from the airport, that has yeah. to get us where we're going. Yeah. So right now we support from afar and, you know, Zoom has been great because we've been able to utilize that. In the DR, we are able to travel and we are um, probably about four trips a year to support our staff in the DR. Of course, all of that uh, assumes that you're going to be able to utilize those digital tools, exactly. which is not always not necessarily always. A, a guarantee in a place uh, like Haiti. That uh, is true. So. Uh, again, so we circle back to the coffee trail. Yes. Uh, just one uh, more way of supporting the mission. Uh, the cards are on sale now. They uh, are. And again, it starts on uh, March 15th. How do we get a hold of those? So you can, um, on we're on social media, Mission Possible. If you search on any of the normal social media sites, you can find that. All of the coffee shops in Finley, um, there's five coffee shops involved in Finley. They are promoting it. We have a QR code on our posters. You can always call our office and we will for sure get you hooked up with your coffee card. Um, but that's probably our website. Our mission is possible.org. Okay. And you can find it there. We have that link up on our webpage if uh, folks want to check that out. And again, uh, 19 in all. And if you make it to all of them, you've it's got some a great, great deal. Yeah, it's a great deal. Bucks. You've got some great prizes, too. Exactly. So. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, again, go to goodmornings.net and you can find the link there. Tracy Rath with uh, Mission Possible with us this morning. Tracy, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank we you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. And of course, sign up for our daily email newsletter so you always know what's coming up each and every day on the program. It's absolutely free, easy to sign up, easy to opt out as well. So again, check all of that out at goodmornings.net. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and making a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.